Hello, y'all. What's up? It's your girl, Jay Renee, with Prison Ride Radio. I hope that you're doing well. This afternoon, we have the mother of Brandon Lewis. He is from Indiana, and we're going to be speaking with her about her son and some important things that we want to get out to the public. Hello? Hello? Yes, ma'am. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, Miss Renee. I appreciate you having me on the show and um, caring about uh, what happened to my son in Indiana. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Um, can you just, um, we're going to start. Can you um, let us know who you are and um, and about your son? Yes, my name is Sheila Arnold, and I am the mother of Brandon Lewis. Okay. And, um, yes. So can, um, first let me say, um, our condolences 100% yes. with, um, Thank you. yes, ma'am. Can you tell us about who your son was as a person and what happened to him from what you were told? Yes. Um, well, first of all, he was incarcerated at Wabash Valley prison in Indiana. And, uh, my son, he, um, he went to church there. He would tell me that he would go to church and he'd pray and talk to God. He wrote letters to the church and he asked me to send him scriptures and he would, you know, talk to his children, um, on the phone. And he would, uh, ask me, say, mom, you know, can you, put some money on my, uh, you know, uh, home where you sell these books or buy them something to eat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was just a person to make you laugh, had, he had a good heart. And um, he just um, um, wanted to come home, mm-hmm. tell me, all he said, you know, you're my queen, I want to come home and help you. Because I know you, you've done a lot for me and you're hanging in there uh, mm-hmm. with me. He loved basketball. And um, he just uh, said, Mom, you know, I want to I wanna do better. I want to come out and I want to help others. Young mm-hmm. man, when I get out. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I know that you were, um, you were on your way to visit him when you got a phone call from the facility. Um, can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, like I said earlier, um, a little bit ago, my son, he, you know, tried to help people. So uh, one of his uh, cellmate uh, friends would always come to the, his sister would always come to the prison and I would come and see my son. And he said, hey, mom, you know, why don't y'all um, get a ride together? Because she would take a bus and it would take a long time. So mm-hmm. I said, Sure. So um, she asked me if I would take her to see her brother. And I had seen my son the week previous. And I said, okay, um, I'm not sure I'll let you know. So it was Saturday morning. And I said, yeah, I'll take you down there. So on my way to the prison, um, her brother, uh, which is a cellmate in the prison, called her phone and told her to tell me there was a medical emergency in my son's room. And I said, huh? And then um, he hung up. Then he called back a little bit and said that they were doing CPR on my son. And I got really nervous and trying to hurry and get to the prison. And then they hung up and he called her back again Mm -hmm. and said that my son didn't make it. And, um, of course, I just, you know, uh, really kind of broke down and she's, you know, 
do you want to stop? And I said, no, I got to get to the prison. Mm-hmm. So once I got to the prison, um, they asked me, who did I want to see? And I said, I couldn't because he just died in your prison. So um, they went and got, uh, I guess, the investigators or who were there. I can't remember the people I talked to. Mm-hmm. But I asked them, could I see my son? Because his body had not let, yet left the prison. They had no idea I was on my way there. Right. And um, they said, no, man, we, we never do that. You cannot see the body. And so I just fell out. And it's like, I got to let me see my son. So they said, let us go talk to the warden. So whoever they talked to, they said, oh, okay, you can see your son. So the policeman car took me around to the back of the prison. And there was an ambulance with my son's body in it. And I just sat in the car, um, shaking and just... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it was it's indescribable and just praying to God to give me strength. But I knew I had to see my son. And um, so I went over to the ambulance and they um, they unzipped the bag just to his neck. And um, his, his head was laying to one side. And I seen a, a, a blood wound on his uh, forehead. But most of all, I was looking at him and I said, I wonder why he looks like that. Mm-hmm. His eyes were open and they were very black all the way through. And his mouth, his lips, his face was like, his lips were like very black and dark. And I said to myself, he does not look like a person that had just passed away. Mm-hmm. Like the young man said on the phone. So anyway, I never said anything to them about it. You know, I just... Um, sat around for a little bit and then I just I just drove home and then um, you know we worked on getting his body to um, Indianapolis Indiana okay um, yes so I know that I know that was a traumatic experience for you yes you know, very. my heart is with you for sure very. thank um, you I can only imagine I know that he, his body eventually went to a coroner. Yes, and, um, yes. So what did the coroner have to say about his injuries and um, the time of death? Well, when we um, went to view the body, mm-hmm. um, he allowed me to, uh, us to see my son's body without any clothing. And he says, Sheila, um, Looks like your son has been in a struggle. And there were several stab wounds on my son's body, um, on his neck and all, all the way down. And um, it, just looked, it just looked horrible, just just all, all stabbed up. And um, he said it just looked like he had been um, in a struggle. And he said, your son did not just die. Um, He said, your son had been dead for several hours. He said, when you seen him, the reason he looked like that, because his body was in rigor mortis already. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we were just all just just very stunned. Just Mm -hmm. like, you know, how long. Mm -hmm. They had no time of death at all. I never found out, like, how long... uh, you know, he yeah. he laid there. I, I just have no idea. And it sounds like, if you know, for him, for the coroner to say it had been several hours, like, where were the guards at this time? I mean, for, yeah, 
Yes. Well, um, it, you know, we got the um, the Wombash Valley Prison. They took a, a, you know, autopsy report, and there was uh, said like there was, you know, blunt force uh, to the head and neck injuries, multiple scalp contusions, brain edema, blunt force upper and lower extremities, and um, uh, multiple fossil contusions uh, to lower extremities. It was it was really bad. And so mm-hmm. in, the, in the report, after the autopsy, they said that they had found uh, drugs in my son's system and they said that he stabbed himself up. Uh, he said the, that they said that they talked to, because my son had a cellmate. Mm-hmm. The cellmate said that he he was coming back to his cell mm-hmm. uh, with my son, and he said he seen smoke come out of there, and a guy had left out. Mm-hmm. And then he said my son was complaining about being hot, and they have on there where they're saying that he was, that the cellmate said that he was um, uh, complaining about things on him. And then he said also, the cellmate said that he seen a knife um in the um, in the, in the cell, but he said before he called the guards um, that morning, he flushed it down the toilet, hmm. and he said that he had talked to my son, and and it has report that the other cellmates they were yelling, telling my son to be quiet, to be quiet. They couldn't sleep, and I don't, you know, all the stuff that was going on in the in the cellmates uh, in the cell that. Hmm. Um, my son was just going through a lot of changes. They didn't say there is no report to mm-hmm. say that there any guards came. No one. They have on here. They said even um, um, they said there was a, a EMS because I had uh, gotten a lawyer to try to help me, mm-hmm. but he couldn't help me all the way through. He dropped me. But on this report, it says that a EMS ambulance run sheet. Sullivan County Coroner's Office investigation report has been requested but not provided. And it also says no further information regarding bystander resuscitation or medical intervention is available despite repeated requests. There's no, I don't have any information on what happened, no run sheet about the guards or, or, or any of that. Just they have just a testimony of uh, of the other um, of the other inmates, right. and um, they also said in the report that um, he said that um, that the, uh, that my son um, had a uh, that the pathologist discovered a fractured bone in his neck. Part of it was broken, mm-hmm. and they said the fracture was not the cause of the death. But they, it raised questions what actually happened. Mm. But once again, today, I have no idea, like, what happened uh, or anything. And that bone is a hyoid bone um, in the neck. And the, uh-huh. most of the time that I looked it up, to, to that bone to be fractured, you would have to be either strangled or or you know, uh, hanging yourself because it's very, very protected. Right. And also in the report, it said that my son was intubated. That means, you know, intubated, you put a tube down someone's throat to try right. to save their life. Right. But it's like, 
nobody's ever explained any of that to me. And I've tried, matter of fact, the last couple of days to talk to um, the second. I got a private autopsy mm-hmm. uh, of Indiana. And I'm really you know, kind of suspicious of that. And because nobody's explained anything to me, because how do you intubate a person, a body that you find is in Rick Morris? Because the young man, the cellmate, said that that my son was sitting up, mm-hmm. and so did he, he. He was sitting up all night. Did he die like that? You know. Mm-hmm. And in the early report, they said he seen his feet was laying down. So what? At point, some point, did he sit up? You know, if mm-hmm. all of this, you know, is, is so many unanswered uh, questions, and she was supposed to call me back two times, the the new pathologist lady, mm-hmm. the um that I got the report, but she never called me back. And on top of that, the lawyer that I first tried to get, they kept giving me the runaround because she said she could not complete her report. This is the the private autopsy until she got the photos from the prison before they even touched his body. And I kept going back and forth. Nobody knew where the photos were. So I kind of you know, I was just so hysterical and just mm. really having a pressed hard time. I kind of let it go. Mm. But I'm a praying woman. And, and God is like, Sheila, you need to get those photos. Right. So I brought it back up. And and this is by this time, the lawyer had, had let me go because he's like, Sheila, basically, I believe the guards and your son killed his, you know, he killed himself. He stabbed himself up. So anyway, so I went back and I said, do you guys have the photos? Whatever happened to the photos? And I was very disappointed and upset because they had photos sitting in their office this whole time. And I never, ever knew about it. So you so said they I had went, a box of the photos? They did. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh, of they? the first photos. Who yes. In his office. Uh, the lawyer that, that the first lawyer that I had gotten, the only lawyer, the mm-hmm. one that that. You know what was trying to look in that looked into the case that right. that he that he turned me down because he said that he, you know, um, was trying to get. He was the one that was trying to get the information. He never got all the information from the prison. He just let me. He just let the case go. I see. And and so those photos were there, but my spirit is like, don't let it go, Sheila. So I went back and and I asked her, did you ever receive the photos? And she said no. And then I was thinking, okay, how can the, how could she complete her report without the original photos? But she did. And she's basically the, the same thing. And they work with, and, you know, like people, you know, was telling me, Sheila, you can't really trust the state of Indiana when they all work together. Mm-hmm. And this, this is what raised questions for me because nobody's ever talked to me, explained anything, right. said anything to me. And so uh, she said she would re-look at those new photos that she's never seen and not charge me. And so she did. So here lately, like I said, I I, I wanted to talk. She said I would. she would um, answer questions because stuff I don't understand. Right. But two days, there was nothing. So, um, it, it, you know, I can't sleep. Right. I you know, it's just it's just bad. Too much, yeah. too much unanswered questions. And he even said, my son told me, he said, Mama, he said, if anything ever happens to me, 
a guard has something to do with it. Mm. Now, he called from the prison cell phone, saying the, the prison's phone, and he also told an ex-girlfriend, because she told me that he said that, you know, guards didn't like him and something happened to him. The guards had something to do with it. Yes, ma'am. And still to date, the prison or no one else has gotten back to you to try to assist you with answering all of these questions that definitely deserve nope, answers. I'm on my own. Nope, I've been on my own searching and asking, and it is so hard to find to find help. And um, so I was uh, reaching out um, to the public to try to get to try to get help. And there's one other thing that I want to say is that um, they had a report here. They named the, the, the guards that were working, you know, uh, from the, uh, what they said, the 7th through the 10th, which this incident happened that morning. It was on the 9th. And I don't know what this is about, but it says that um, uh, two or three of these employer uh, guards um, are no longer working there. Mm-hmm. So did they get they get fired or what, you know, what, what happened? Right. Unanswered question again. I, I have no idea, uh-huh. but I haven't heard anything. The, uh, the, the, even the chaplain never called, gave his condolences. No one ever came down while I was there to give their condolences. And, um, I, I need, um, I just need help, and uh, the statutes of limitations is running out because this happened. I've been going through since 20, 2019, and November 9th is uh, 2021, and uh, right. is when I will not be able to sue uh, the prison. And um, I have expressed that the help, even if no one could build a case against the prison. Right. I was begging and pleading that a attorney would get in before the statute's limitation date is up and at least get the missing information because you won't know what's up under the rock unless right. you turn it over right. just to get in there and beat that date and get as much phone calls, video, paperwork, right. anything that you can get to reveal some more evidence for me. And help me to get closure. And not only that, to help other inmates and other mothers because um, it's happened to others um, at that prison. Mm-hmm. I definitely understand. I'm, um, you know, you got my support and my platform support. I'm going to try. Well, I'm going to do everything that I can um, to get this out there. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Um, how Thank can people so get in contact much. with you that want to assist you? Do you have an email or Facebook? Yes. Or Go ahead. Yes, they can um, email me and also go to um, my Facebook page. My email is Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A, Arnold, A-R-N-O-L-D, 429 at gmail.com. And my Facebook page is Sheila Arnold. Okay. All right. So we're going to put this out, beloved. And we're Thank gonna try you to so much, sister. You. Try to assist you with getting these questions answered about your son. Okay. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It, it just helps to uh, get it out there and do the best that I can um, as a mother and as well as, as all mothers uh, collectively. Yes, indeed. 